$14,815 per second, $888,889 per minute, which is approximately $2,666,667 per round, 32 mil, 36 minutes. Cha-ching, right? Like, pay me now. A ton of cash. So much money. Please. Wednesday night, right here, yet another techshow.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining this evening, that guy right there, Ant Pruitt. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Matt? We also, joining us, kind of, we have the ghost of Larry Press. How you doing, Larry? Hey, guys, I'm I'm pretty good. Pretty good. And, good, and good. I hate this Mac. And Larry's Mac. <laughs> You'll hear it again at, at, at uh, in an hour. So, uh. <laughs> While we wait for Larry, uh, you threw a few few stuff at the dock here at the top of the show we can uh, talk about. Amazon and Twitter, a little, uh, you can now tweet to add to your Amazon shopping cart. So what, what's yeah. that, what, what is this all about? I can just be like, Twitter, I need the best toilet paper and it will have Amazon deliver me the best or what? You know, Matt, I wish it were that good. It's not that good. It's never that good, is it? <laughs> it can never be quite that good. When I when I heard about this, I thought it was a joke. Um, but then uh, I went and got online and saw that, it, that a, several different sources reported it. And what it is is you get some, some tweets in your stream that have Amazon products. Oh, so it's an account you have to follow, and then it has a feed of stuff, and you can click on whatever you want to buy. You're not actually buying it from from the Twitter page. It's sending you to an Amazon link. So it's like Twitter's affiliate. Is it their affiliate link? Are they getting cash? Basically, yeah, that's basically all it is because it uses an, an Amazon link. And what you have to do as a Twitter user is reply to said tweet Put a hashtag in, says Amazon add to cart, what have you, and it'll automatically add that particular product to your shopping cart. It doesn't purchase it, but it adds it to your shopping cart. Right, obviously, because. The point, what is the point of this? And if you got the link right there in your Twitter stream, just click on the damn link and hit add add to cart right there. You You need to be able to, like, get your friend's Twitter account, right? And then just add a bunch of stuff to their cart. Just random, useless junk. But, of course, you know there's more to this. Um, It it only works if you link your Twitter account to your Amazon account. Interesting. So what is that? Yeah, like you said, what is the... Like, why, as a customer, like, why... What is the benefit of doing that, right? It's... A click, <laughs> like yeah. you said, it's a damn click, right? Like it's, it's it's two clicks at the most, you know. I mean, you're already on your computer, you know, a, the vast majority of the of the time, and if you're not on your computer, you're on your mobile device, which probably already has the Amazon app installed on it anyway. Right. You know, I I don't get it, but the fact that you have to link up your Twitter account to your Amazon account that just throws up flags for me from a security standpoint you know right and especially i mean amazon and i'm sure this has all been fixed but that was one of the point of entries for getting that one guy's account all messed up they used amazon they used apple and then they had his twitter account weird right exactly we're just gonna make it easier (laughs) i i I saw that and i was like this has got to be one of the most pointless things um published this week but hey whatever we should, we should have that every week. We'll we'll have the how useless is this crap segment. 
<laughs> Brought to you by Aunt Pruitt. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, y'all know I love Amazon because heck, just about everything around you is an Amazon purchase here, you know. But I, I don't need all of that extra uh, signals feeding to them. They got enough signals on me. You know what I mean? I wonder if it's like if it's laying the like the 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 infrastructure for some sort of future where like your toilet knows how many flushes until it's out of toilet paper and it sends a tweet adds it to your cart and then the drone drops it off in the bathroom window and then the Roomba like comes out and puts it in the toilet paper, you know. Like I wonder. If... But what if I live in rural America? Is that drone really going to yes. get me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> because toilet paper is important in rural America too. Now, come on. That's true. We only have four WalMarts in in a in a mile here. <laughs> you know, this is important. Now uh, you know there is a touchless toilet um, application out there. Of course right? there is. I'm sure so there is. is. There's probably some signals tied into that, too. I just read... I didn't throw it in the rundown because it was just, like, one of those things you just, like, read and you're like, uh-huh. And then you read the next one. But it was something about, like, LG and Android uh, phone apps and then a fridge that was, like, Android-ready somehow. I, I just was <laughs> like, nope, nope, and moving on. But it's it's there, right? It's that whole Internet of Things Thing, yeah. Right, I mean, it's every... maybe because I live in Chateau Ghetto, I'm just not quite there yet with the Internet of Things. You know, I'm yeah. happy that I, I hit the light switch when I walk in the door and the lights come on. You know, that, that's enough for me. Yeah, I'm definitely all about like cool technology and stuff, but there, I'm also all about like keeping certain parts of my humanity, I guess. Like, I am not afraid to go out into the woods for a couple nights without, you know, of course. internet connection for a while. Because you're a man's man. That's right, because I live in the north, and men of the north go outside in the snow without our technology. <laughs> our technology is like $1,000 beacon damn avalanche crap. <laughs> airbag systems and shit oh <laughs> uh, let's see what else so yeah i think we should start doing that every week we'll we'll find something we'll measure it we'll have a scale from one to four of how useless is this crap the tweet for the amazon thing i'm gonna go ahead and just start that at a four. Oh, it's a definite four four plus Four plus, right? <laughs> you get, it goes from four plus to one minus, so that's yeah. that'll be the. I'm sure the scale will change every episode. <laughs> Next episode, it'll be stars. Yes, more than likely. Uh, yeah. I saw this floating around. I'm glad you threw it in the dock. Uh, article on Engadget about Google Drive losing some of its potentially and see that's where like you got to actually get into what's going on here when it says. Drive for Android is going to lose document editing, uh, and they, they're like, hey, you better download your documents and your sheets and all that stuff. And what they don't say is that it, this is kind of like a, what Facebook did with the uncoupling of uh, everything from their main app. They're getting rid of the messenger. Uh, they got their camera. You know, just kind of keeping it all in its separate thing. And we've been seeing Google do this, right, with uh, all of its little back-end pieces um, after that, what was it, two IOs ago or last IO, I forget, but they, they started uncoupling a lot of their their apps so that this whole update lag, you know, th it right. wasn't as menacing. And so this is kind of, I, th I think this is more of the same where they're, they're starting to, you know, you'll have instead of Drive, which is kind of turning into a big bloated app, but it's awesome, you know, uh, you'll have different well, well, apps. How, how do you think it's bloated? Because everything that's in there, like, have you loaded Drive Up on LTE? Like, if you try to pull anything down, it takes it a minute. There's a lot of stuff in there. If, if you're using Sheets and you're using Doc. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's not bad, but it, it's going to be much better, I think, this way. Larry yeah. Press joining us about 10 minutes into the show. How you doing, Larry? Hi, guys. Where's Mike? Uh, Mike couldn't join us this evening. His uh, business is being busy. 
Okay. It's that time of year again. He did this last year, I think. It's crunch time. So, did I miss miss something really uh, earth shaking? No, not yet. (laughs) Okay, go for it. Shake the earth. But this might be right. Doc, doc, document editing. It coming out of out of drives I'm going to be into docs gonna have its own thing so what do you think Ant? are you are you like angry at this or is this fine i don't like the fact that it's an extra step um considering how often i use google drive um especially for the writing and st- and stuff like that um because every now and then i would go and write a piece to get ready for publishing and whatnot and walk away from it and something just pops up in my mind and I'll pull up my phone and just pop up on Google Drive, pull that document up on my phone, make the edit or two that I want to make and then um, go on about my business. But now I wouldn't be able to do that and I'm sorry, I got a little bit of ADD and now I'm going to forget crap and <laughs> have to what are you The standalone app doesn't write back to Drive? No, uh, this... there's there's rumors of it going to that's going to go away. It's only going to be read only stuff essentially. You'll oh, nice. need a different but then app you're editing. Then you're going to have two separate apps, one for Docs and yeah. one for Sheets. That will be your editor. So I don't see how it's an extra step. Instead of going to Drive to open that document you want to edit, you would just go to the editor, right? You just need to go to Sheets, is what you're telling me. That's what or Docs, depending okay. on what you're editing. Okay. All right. I can see that. Is it just those two apps for now? Now, my problem will be if they start wanting to charge for that. They're like, here's Drive. That's still free, whatever, read only. But if you want to use Docs or Sheets, then you're going to have to to pay. And, I mean, I'll be fine with, like, a 99-cent one time. But if they want to do, like, a monthly thing, that'll start to get kind of crappy. Uh, I'm... Are you guys saying they're going to make Drive read-only? Listen, Larry, they're going Android. On Android, the Drive app, you know how yeah. you can edit docs and you can edit spreadsheets in it? Yeah, I know. Okay, it's going to stop doing that, and instead oh. you're going to have a Sheets app and a Docs app. <laughs> I thought you are going to have both, that you could get into it either way. They're just they're uncoupling stop. it, right? So you're going to have sheets for your spreadsheets and a separate app. You will have docs for your docs. And then as a storage app, kind of like Dropbox, you will have Drive. The Drive will cease to be what it is today. Drive will it's be more of drive. just the Drive, oh. right? As it was I kind of... Be, you could just get into a dock either way, through Drive or through the app. I'm sure it'll open, right? It'll hotlink. You'll have to be able, if you click the, the dock in Drive, it'll flip you over to to docs, right? That just sucks. Why would they yeah. take away the ability to edit it while you're in doc Drive? Because, I, don't, I don't think you should take away features. You add features. But the more you add features, the more bloated your app gets. So sometimes yeah, you got to... There is a threshold. That's true. There is a threshold. But why can't you have both? Why can't you have Drive as it is today and then have a Google Doc app? Why do you have to take away Drive's ability that it has today? I don't get it. This just in, Tesla is going to remove air conditioners from their next model. But you can pay to have them installed. (laughs) See? That's how, oh, man. You know what, guys? I'm going to investigate what is it, uh, Office 365 online or whatever they call it. I'm not. Well, you have to pay for Microsoft. There is competition. But you have to pay for those, don't you? You have to pay for that. You have to pay for that. No, not for their their, uh, web-based app. It's free. But for editing, you do. That's Mm -hmm. how you had the, um, like, with the iPad people when they finally got Office. The iPad is that way, but... uh, But the regular, the, I've never tried it, but it's my understanding that the web orient, you know, if you go to it with a web browser, the, oh, okay. the, their online thing is, is like Google Docs. It's, you know, okay, it's, through a browser, gotcha. And if Google screws up Google Docs, I'll move to Microsoft. Well, see, and in the Android police article, they say once you get Docs and Sheets installed, the experience is almost the same as it ever was. The Drive app loads up your documents via these other apps with the same options you'd have if you simply open Docs or Sheets. 
He says it's a little confusing, but it might allow Google to update editing features uh, for each file type individually rather than rolling out a whole new version of Drive every time. See, that kind of makes sense, right? So you can focus on doing... Because some of your editing stuff is going to be different on documents as it is for spreadsheets, as it is there's rumors that drawing and uh, slides presentation will be coming. So, I mean, if they're going to do that stuff, it does make sense, I think, to have each one its own app. So there's a team or whatever committing code to each individual format rather than, like you said, pushing out a bulk, here's everything every time, you know? Matt Lee, the voice of reason. No, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's that big of a deal as people are making it out to be, personally. That's if you guys are are phone oriented. I use Google Drive a lot. But, from but this doesn't affect the web, dude. This is just the Android app. Yeah. I'm sure drive.google.com on the web will still be the same. And do you remember when it was, Doc? We were going to cut the feet out from under drive.google.com. No, for Android. No, just the Android app. If you would have been it. here at 9 when we started. <laughs> <laughs> Google's <laughs> not evil, man. Whatever. <laughs> Larry Press takes it back. Google, you're not evil now. <laughs> take it back. You're not evil not yet, not yet. <laughs> I'm not giving them a free pass for error. I mean, they do look kind of nice. I'll uh, if you guys check this out on the on the live feed here, like it, the screenshots look nice. I mean, this is for your docs. This is for your sheets. It, I don't know. I kind of like it. We'll we'll see how it works. I haven't got the updates rolled out yet to me yet, so I don't know. They might yeah, be we'll complete garbage. <laughs> But again, I mean, what's your alternative? Live 365 or uh, go to open, your desktop computer? Open Office and Window R. Type in Notepad, hit Enter, and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> or WordPad if you need to format a little. You know, I mean, whatever you need. Yes. Have you guys tried the Microsoft's browser-based uh, equivalent to Google Docs? I haven't. I have not. I, I think had, the last reason to. I think for me the last version was Office XP <laughs> that I wow. used. Wow, yeah. damn, way back there. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was talking about the the uh, web based version. Yeah, no. Do you use them? Are they are they decent? I haven't used it, but the truth is, if Google screws up Google Drive, I'll give it a shot. I, I mean, can I just. I'm one competition. Yeah, that's definitely I'm good. And I mean, there's Open Office. There's other ones, but not as good as like a web-based. I mean, you have Open Office for Android, right? It's it's okay. But you don't have a web-based Open Office. Right, right, exactly. The only two games there, I think, are Microsoft. I'm not playing around with this Open guys, Office. Guys, use the Zoho apps ever? Mm-mm, what's that? Zoho also has a suite of apps, and they're they've been around for years. Like they've got a really nice database app that I use. They call it Creator, hmm. and it's um, you know purely browser based, except they just screwed up the user interface. But that's another story. Oh, you mean they changed it? No, I mean they decided. Well, we got <laughs> three, but we have to pretend this is on a cell phone, so uh-huh. we're going to get rid of all the menus and hints and make you memorize. How the thing works. So they condensed it and changed it, and you're angry. No, that's fine. That's totally fine. (laughs) The user interfaces have taken a step back toward the toward the uh, command line interface, where you have to memorize things instead of see them on the screen. And that makes sense on a cell phone with a teeny screen, but it doesn't make sense on my laptop. You know what? I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, just thinking of what Larry said about the command lines. So, like, do you just back then, like, things were so much easier. There wasn't, like, refresh designs or anything. You know, you never had anything like that because it was just a command prompt. Like, there was no, there was no yeah. design. So there was no changes to, like, get people used to. And then you change something. You know, you could add flags or do whatever. But it, it's kind of interesting. Like, we've gotten to this point now with these UIs and because of the way the muscle memory works. You get used to menu being on the right. Next thing you know, they change it, and it's on the left now, and you're angry, and you don't know why. But what they've really done is taken the menu away altogether. Well, and, yeah. They made a a hidden hotkey. 
Uh, yes, and all these little funny zones on the screen that you can't see. Uh, <laughs> that's my hobby horse for the week. Figuring that all out again? No, I have even a solution for it. I put it in the, uh, what do you call it, the rundown. Oh, nice. We'll get we'll get to that. I, I remember um, my uh -huh. mom was using like Lotus 1, 2, 3 and WordPerfect. And we've, when she started, she had this thing on the keyboard that like yeah. it laid over it. And it was just insane the amount of information. And I was young now. I didn't know like what exactly that was. And kind of looking back, it's like, man that was your tutorial. They weren't telling you, you know, it was all right there. Here's the button. Here's the hot button. Here's just a mess of stuff though. It's like, how would you ever figure that out if it wasn't, you know, like laid out there for you? Gotcha. Um, and let's, uh, let's talk about this article. Uh, you had up on a new domain about coding and design. You feeling like maybe these days things aren't meshing the way they should or as well as they should or what? I, I thought by now we would have had a perfect mesh of, of design and functionality working together when it comes to our technology. Uh, we have all of these companies making a gazillion dollars a year, but yet there's always a little hiccup in their little product, you know. And, and the closest, in my opinion, um, far as getting things right, has been iOS. You know, they simplify things so much, damn near idiot-proofed it. it. It's great functionality, hence why so many just average consumers like it, you know. Um, but I looked at uh, the remote for my television back there, and I love my Google TV, but you know Google TV has keyboards on them, so you can do queries and whatnot to search the, brow uh, search the browser. But if you're watching television at night and you wanted to, you know, search something online or whatever, your keyboard on your, on your remote control is dark. It's not a backlight on it. Who thought of that, you know? Right, right. Just little, just little, little stuff like that just drives me nuts. I think you know? a lot of that too is a byproduct of the the cycle, right? Like they have to. I had a friend that worked at Intel way back in the day on like the very first cameras that they were making, and he mm. said like they were so rushed to just get something out that they didn't even care that it wasn't finished and everything. They were just get it out, start working on the next thing, and like the way the product cycle was they wanted as the team to like do this and make it cool. Cause you know, it was their project and everything, but they had, it was out of their hands. So you have this, like this corporate culture, I guess, to borrow from Silicon Valley mm -hmm. that like, mm -hmm. it doesn't always work when there's humans involved. Cause there's going to be errors, you know, something's going to get overlooked or someone's just gonna be like, yeah, whatever, who cares? You know? Well, now let me play devil's advocate. That same Hisense Pulse Google TV. I want to say it's about two years old now. Now, you remember our trip at CES, and we went to the Hisense booth, and I played around with their Google TV. That remote control didn't look like it had any backlighting on it two years later. You know, and it hasn't even hit production yet. Well, and think so, about what the remotes back then looked like, like back in the day. I mean, you had like five remotes. For your theater mm -hmm. system, your sound, you know, the cable box, the satellite yeah. dish. At least make it glow in the dark or something. Sure. <laughs> you know, do, do something to give me a little more functionality to go with the design. Um, even with our smartphones, you got people dropping phones all the damn time. Why? Because they're too damn slippery. They look great. The HTC One and, and One Max and... and M8 and all of that, those phones are freaking gorgeous. But you pick one of them up, the second you pick it up, you're almost ready to drop it because right. they're so slippery. You know? Oh. That? The, the, the people in QA, they probably have gloves on <laughs> when they're doing <laughs> their QA, so they're not going to drop it. But you, know, you, have little... to, you have to put a case on it, and that yeah. case comes it up, and it makes it Hold on to it. There you go. Exactly why I have one on mine because I, I did not want to drop this thing, and I dropped it damn near the second I pulled it out of the box. Fortunately, you, I was in the house on carpet. But are you saying oh, there's a conspiracy on. afoot? 
that these manufacturers deliberately do that because they have back alley deals with the case manufacturers. Larry, is that what you're saying? You know, perhaps they figure, oh, you dropped your iPhone. Guess you'll have to buy a new one. Yep. <laughs> I, I can think of that conspiracy too. That's like plan obsolescence to the nth level. You're actually planning yes. on your customer obsolescing it for you. That's brilliant. Yes. Please break your device. Steve Jobs truly was a visionary. (laughs) The the last step in the iPhone production line is to put the oil on it. Right. (laughs) Lube it up. (laughs) I'm an iPhone greaser. What are you? (laughs) Well played, sir. That's awesome. And yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying too, Ant. Like, where it's 2014, right? Why are we still sacrificing one for the other? You know, like we should be at a nice singularity that you know we could have even, both. Even look down to a software standpoint. Look at Sense. And Sense UI, it, it it took some battles. And supposedly 6.0 is much better. I don't have it on my phone yet. I think I'm on five five, but. Since UI was was such a mess on such beautiful devices, you know. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because that's like think of all of the overlays that came touch up: Wiz. Moto Blur, TouchWiz. But out of all of them, TouchWiz kind of remain like Samsung's. Just we're going to control this experience. Uh, Sense, I feel like, kind of merged with the experience to kind of. It's there, but it's not, like, overpowering. And then, of course, Moto Blur kind of dissolved and just turned into, you know, the apps that we have on the Moto X, the assist, the uh, migrate, stuff like that. So it it is kind of interesting to see how that has evolved and how, like, the, the, the climate of, like, all of the smartphone, like, people's emotional response to them. People hate Samsung now, it seems like, right? Like, everyone has a Samsung phone, but everybody talks crap about Samsung, the company. Mm-hmm. You don't hear that about HTC or Motorola. Well, maybe Motorola when the, <laughs> the yeah. Lenovo thing happened. But I think that's calmed down quite a bit, you know? Yeah, you don't hear too much about HTC, which is probably uh, bad in itself, considering they're still not doing all that well financially. Right, right. Yeah, if you think the only cell phone companies I bet that most people can think of are Samsung and Apple. Right. In other parts of the world, Nokia. Yeah. Most definitely. Nokia, Nokia, or Nokia Windows Phone, or that Nokia Android. Nokia plain, well, or Nokia flip phones. To tell the truth. Right, right. The candy bar. Oh my gosh! I saw a flip phone this weekend, guys. I went to um, I had to go buy some clothes, and the 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 representative was you know sizing my shirts and whatnot, and she saw my phone in my pocket, and she's like, "Oh my god, that phone is." You guys are all of these computers and stuff. You're gonna hate my phone. And she pulled out a flip phone, and it was a Nokia flip phone. And she's nice. bragging about it. She's like, "My screen is never broken." She took that phone, threw it down to the floor, <laughs> and picked it up. It wasn't a scratch on the damn thing. She's like, "This is why I'm gonna stay with a flip phone. You drop yours, there's a big crack on the screen." That's another interesting point, right? Like, the more high-tech these things have gotten, the way more fragile they've become. And instead of getting, like, four years out of your phone, you're getting, like, maybe one and a half and, like, stretching it out that last six months with a broken screen or something, waiting till your upgrade comes in. Counting down, checking your upgrade countdown. Exactly, right? (laughs) Never used to have to worry about that. That's that's crazy. And then, like, counting your packets and, like, rationing them out. I have yes. how many days left in this cycle? Okay. Well, Give me a warning when I hit to six gigs. Yeah. Like, who does this? <laughs> so, what, what have we done? Man, it, I, that's, that blows my mind the most, that we're, like, rationing packets. Like, get out of here. <laughs> cool article, though. Uh, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, you guys check it out over at inudomain.net. Thank you, sir. Of course. Uh, let's see. What else should we talk about? Did, this was kind of interesting. I thought, Larry, you might find this interesting. Did you see the Google Class rumor? 
uh, their classroom platform for schools. They're going to start testing it next month. Yeah. Uh, it seems like, you know, there's this, uh, I don't know if you guys pay attention a little bit, there's a, a world of kind of what they call learning management systems or classroom management systems. And a company called, um, who's I'm blanking out on their name. Oh, I can't believe this. Oh, I'm getting old. But anyhow, um, there's a, a, an open source one that's pretty common called Moodle. And then there are a couple of, you know, paid ones. And it seems like Google is maybe going to go into that market with this class. Uh, that's just reading it, the press release on it and stuff. Uh, that's what it's, that's what it sounds like. It says, more power to them. I mean, I just, I love competition. I don't know if it's going to be hosted or free or how it's going to work. It says that it'll allow teachers to create assignments and send them to all the students instead of handing out paperwork. That's cool. Uh, it also allows students to finish assignments online and teachers to track each assignment. Uh, they say, best of all, Google has made the system free for schools to use and won't even use the data for ads. That's mighty nice of them, right? Uh, it's absolutely incredible. They say that Google's doing all this for free. The system will start testing in around a month for those teachers who applied, and uh, we'll see a wider rollout come September. That's yeah. What does Google get out of doing this, Larry? Street cred. I maybe they maybe they're mining it for uh, you know ad bait. What do you call it? No, Signals. they said they won't. They just said they're not going to do it for ads. <laughs> they're, not gonna do, they're not doing student Gmail, right? No, yeah. this though. Yeah, this here. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what they're getting out of it other than you know getting more people used to using Google products. Maybe, like you say, I, I don't think this product is is well defined. That's a good point, though, like Larry. If if you can get classrooms full of kids learning raised in this Google world, sphere, yeah. when they get out and go on to their business, or, you know, that's going to be their first choice. If it's something Google doesn't offer, they'll go from there. But if it is, if it's sheets or, or doc, or, you know, whatever, then I think they'll be more apt to, to use it. Having when, brought, been brought up in this, in this sphere like that. When I worked for IBM, we used to give universities, very deep discounts on computers. And in some cases, like where I was at UCLA, IBM built the building the computer went in and gave them the computer just for what you're saying, to get people used to using IBM equipment. Um, yeah, it'll be, you know, this may be, it's hard to tell. It's just a press release right now, as far as I can see. But it may be they're going to take a serious run at that uh, learning management system market. And I think every university in the country is, is using somebody's learning management system right now. What are you doing, man? You're doing <laughs> WhatsApp or something. No, I'm trying to tell my girlfriend to bring me another drink. <laughs> Sorry. Busted. Hey, did you guys see this? This was kind of interesting. Uh, the, the, we don't really talk about sports very often, but I thought the numbers – and what went along with this was kind of interesting. Floyd Mayweather, you you're familiar with, with Floyd Mayweather, the boxer, right? Okay. Uh, apparently, they, they went through the numbers, and he made approximately $14,000 per second uh, for his last fight. That sounds against, about right. It was Mark, Marcos Maindana uh, last Saturday night. Yep. So he's yeah. four, he had, he, look at all the time he spent training. He was Come guaranteed on. 32 mil for the fight. So the best thing about it is he actually, on Monday, he goes onto Instagram, on his Instagram account, right? Because he's got Instagram. And he posts this picture. Now, I want to – you guys got to see this picture. I'll share this here. Okay, so he says <laughs> – it's like <laughs> – Hashtag humble brag, right? I mean, if ever there was, this this would be it. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, if you're just listening to audio, it says, Floyd Mayweather's payout for tonight's fight versus Maidana, uh, $14,815 per second, $888,889 per minute, which is approximately $2,666,667 per round, 32 mil. <laughs> 36 minutes cha-ching right like pay me now 
a ton of cash. So much money. I just thought it was amusing that he takes to, to Instagram and uh, he says in the photo's caption that he's hoping for a $70 million payday after pay-per-view numbers come in. <laughs> you know, the $32 million was nice, but I'm really hoping I hit $70 million, yeah. you know? Like, okay. 32, $32 million, that's what he's using to pay off all of his entourage. Yeah. He's got a lot of expenses, plus he spent a lot of time training. So it's probably only about a hundred thousand for me. <laughs> what you are? You're telling me you're spending thirty million dollars to get hit, and and then to, you guys are messing. I love it, dude. I remember the other day you guys were talking about uh, Tom Wheeler's money face. This yes. is his money shirt. Hold <laughs> on, I just found Floyd Mayweather's money face. Here it is. Boom. <laughs> Read them and weep, boys. You know who that is? Justin no. Bieber. <laughs> Justin Bieber, yeah. That was, um, that was part of his uh, posse coming into the fight. Are you they kidding me? That's the... serious. They, they were at the fight with him as guests. Of course they were. <laughs> that's cool. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Not even jealous. That's where he lost me. <laughs> yeah, that was where it wasn't like blowing up his yeah. thing all over Pretty Instagram. Awesome. That's cool. No, I'm not. I'm not mad at him because this is also the same guy that put ten million dollars on the uh, Super Bowl allegedly. Oh, see, no, I don't. I don't follow the. It just okay. He had posted it on Twitter with a picture and everything. Really? Yeah. I mean, he bet a single bet of ten million dollars. It was something like ten million dollars. I, I want to say it was like. Ten million bucks. Did he win or lose? No, he lost. But then supposedly he didn't place the bet. Justin Bieber did, right? He had Justin Bieber place the bet for him. He's eighteen, right? Right, right, sure. (laughs) Canadian. Uh, Last week we talked about the whole FCC thing, right, and the net neutrality. And I was kind of hoping, you know, by now they're they would have came out with here's the guidelines that we were going to still nothing. Right. So a lot of, uh, a lot of speculation still, I thought this was kind of amusing. Uh, there was a, a signed letter that went out to the chairman, Mr. Tom Wheeler and his money face and commissioners, Minion Kleiber and Jessica Rosenworth, uh, and a bunch of other people, uh, with like a hundred companies, they asked them to implement measures to prevent firms from granting, preferred access to companies and services based on financial considerations. Uh, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, LinkedIn, Netflix, Facebook, Twitter, Yahoo, Reddit, eBay, Foursquare, all of them in this letter, right? Um, They say instead of permitting individualized bargaining and discrimination, the commission's rules should protect users and internet companies on both fixed and mobile platforms against blocking discrimination and paid prioritization and should make the market for internet services more transparent. The rules should provide certainty to all market participants and keep the costs of regulation low. So, sounds good, right? Like I said, I guess I totally misunderstood the whole thing last week. Um, Because Wheeler sort of backslid say no 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 that's not what i meant <laughs> i want this to be better for all of us you see that i want this to be better for my pocket <laughs> and all of the money that's in it i like that uh they got more than a hundred thousand uh letters and phone calls and everything i think just phone calls hundred thousand of them uh and letters to the uh, office there so that's cool now, what- what, who were all the big boys that got together again? It was Google and... It else? is uh, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, LinkedIn, Netflix, Facebook, Twitter, Yahoo, Reddit, eBay, Foursquare. Everybody ever. And like a hundred more, right? But those are the, the big name ones. The big I mean, I, Wheeler came out with, with a very positive kind of thing, though, since we last talked. And I don't know what's true and what's BS. But he said he's going to push the FCC to move against... Uh, state and local laws that stop municipal networks from being implemented. And that could be more important than the, the other deal. If, if they can start getting some meaningful competition, uh, 
by striking down those laws and, and cities get involved in, you know, like doing things like the Google network or anything else, uh, that could really, if they can bring competition to it, that'll take care of the problem. If I had five different internet service providers to choose between, then go ahead and let them under provision their peering thing. I don't care because I'll switch to another. But isn't that the thing, though? There's, there's that's a real step in the right direction. Right, but there's only so much infrastructure that is already laid. So you could have five different ISPs; they're all just reselling the same copper lines that they're leasing from the telco. If 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 there's a you know like uh, I don't know like in many in many cities like in Stockholm, let's all move to Stockholm. The city puts in a fiber backbone that goes to the block. And then they invite anybody that wants to to be an ISP. On ah, see, that would be ideal. The way it is here, the telco owns the, fi- or the, the copper and the whole backbone. And so you have different people that you can go to that resell it. But either way, the telco is getting a cut and there's no competition because it's that, the same that was crap. the hope of that 1996 telecom act. Yeah, they well. Said, yeah. Telcos... You guys have to open up your infrastructure to, to anybody that comes at a wholesale price. But you saw how far that went. I mean, with courts and, oh, our central office is full, no more room. You know, in one way or the other, they defeated the whole damn thing. I mean, there just is no competition. Ours got, like, mad tax breaks here back in the day. Like, when oh. it was, like, ditch assist way back when. And, like, the uh, CenturyTel, they were the copper phone company. They were like, we'll give you all these great, and then you can be the ISP, and then somebody got bought from that, and now it's just this cluster of, of just garbage. But, you know. I, I can put in, I'll put a, a link in the show notes. There's a guy, I'm blanking out on his name, I guess, right now, but he has documented the ungodly amounts of tax breaks and subsidies that Verizon has gotten in return for promises install infrastructure that they never install. Oh, I bet. So yes. much, right? Yeah, we're talking like huge yeah. amounts of money. Uh, they're evil people. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see what they end up releasing, right? After all of this the public FCC outcry. Really, if the FCC <laughs> is really able to strike down, there's something like 20 states or so that, that ban municipal networks. And every place that municipality, I was involved in a in a deal to roll out Wi-Fi in a little city here in Southern California called uh, Hermosa Beach, and we had the downtown area covered, and there was a motion in the city in the city council that let's cover the whole city, and it was absolutely shot down by the cable company. Mm. Uh, really, don't want cities um, participating in this stuff. Um, anyhow, so if the FCC can stop that kind of crap, that would be a real step in the right direction. I mean. And I, I, I'm not like a politician or anything, but kind of seems like a no-brainer. Hallelujah. Right? I know, right? <laughs> but like, it's it's not how it used to be. Like, this is basically like water, like sewage, like electricity. This is like a basic necessity at this point. You should let, like in, in that case in, in Stockholm, just... Have the city build it out and say who wants to be an ISP, get into it, and then they can fight for service. You know who else did that? With That's a good idea. That's a damn good idea, Larry. Let's do that. Sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, like if, if the city would run fiber to a box on the corner of my street, I would also, just as I do with my sewer line and my gas and my water, I'd be willing to install the uh, the line from there. Right? <laughs> we'll do it ourselves. Cool. You know, um, or, you know, to, and it would become part of the value of my house. And when I sell my house, I'll get an extra $1,000 for it because it's got a fiber drop. Why not? Wired, right? It's the way to do yeah. it. Fibered. Fibered. Yeah. More Fibered. fiber. Yeah, uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. The NSA posting coded tweets uh, to hire people. I guess I don't know if if you follow if you follow the NSA careers uh, Twitter account, they release this coded message. And uh, if if you if you 
<laughs> go through it, it's like this whole, you know, replace letters and shift and, and everything. Um, it says, want to know what it takes to work at NSA? Check back each Monday in May as we explore careers essential to protecting our nation. That's cool. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, you crypt this message and you can apply for a job. They said one of the first thing Twitter-loving crackers noticed about the message was that some letters appeared with a frequency normally found in English. A, for instance, is used more often than X, so one writer thought it could have been a Caesar cipher where the alphabet is just sifted over. A is B, B is C, so on, right? Uh, they said, unfortunately, that went nowhere, but using simple online cryptography tools, uh, you can still see that the frequency of letters used in the cipher resembles the frequency of letters normally used in English. Uh, eventually, mm -hmm. someone discovered that it was a substitution cipher where each letter is replaced by another, and that's how they got the message. So, kind of interesting. I mean, a, a neat way to lure, you know, people in to work for them, I guess. <laughs> oh, too smart for me, though. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't have figured that out. You know what I would have done? I would have copied the tweet and then Googled it. <laughs> Google. Right? Exactly. Google would have been like, oh, dummy, that's a substitution cipher. Here's what it says. And then I would have been like, hire me. <laughs> that just that just shows that you're resourceful, right? That's true. You're hireable. I don't know crypto, but I know how to find people that might. <laughs> exactly. As a manager, not as a we call that management material, bro. <laughs> That's right. I I can micromanage for sure. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, did you guys know there are still people using AOL dial-up? Do you guys remember AOL dial-up? First of all, yes, I do. Were either of you on AOL? I was never lucky enough to live somewhere that had it when there was internet. No, I was never on it. I had about 6,000 of their discs. Yeah, do you remember? <laughs> I had all of those CDs. Oh, man. People, CDs. like, wallpapered their houses with that stuff. Like, <laughs> they were everywhere. Uh, well... Uh, the, the the story I, I the reason I bring this up there there's a story on Yahoo uh, out of all sites uh, that AOL's ditching this possibly in five years so it's gonna be a long slow uh, demise but eventually they say uh, there's an article in Quartz that says that AOL's dial-up business is still shockingly profitable. Mostly because its customers are only sticking with it since they don't have any alternatives where they live. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Something the Yeah, right? Something fiber municipalities might solve. <laughs> uh, it, this lets AOL squeeze all the money out of them. Uh, so although AOL subscriber numbers have continued to drop and now stand at just 2.42 million only wow. two and a half million people still. You know, like 2.5 million people still listening to that modem. Dude, I would donate some of my Verizon data just to let the, and let them tether off of that. Jeez. Yeah, it's where are these dialogue. people living? Yeah, but what you're saying, you're assuming they can because what Matt says, I'll bet it's in places where they have monopoly. You know, 2.5 million, I bet, I bet you those are people that have died and their next of kin tried to sit on hold to get the accounts turned <laughs> off, but I never could. It. So they said, F it, we're just going to keep paying it. It's like, what, 20 bucks? People died in their credit cards. Right? I bet you. How many of those two and a half mil are still breathing? Not oh, even half. Wow. Hey, you, wouldn't they all be in rural America? I mean, yeah, yeah, in farmhouses, decaying because nobody's came to check on them. And that too. Yeah. That's crazy. I haven't seen Uncle Fred in two years. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's because he died three years ago, but he still has AOL dial-up. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, they say eventually, though, AOL's dial-up customers are going to find some alternative and flee from their long-time purgatory, which will leave AOL in a very tight spot, except that, you know, it's also Time Warner, so is it 
going to leave them in a tight spot? I don't think so. No, I mean, they're a contact company now. Pretty well, much. AOL time, I mean, it's all it one. It's Warner. AOL.com, but I think it probably exists, right? Or not. I'm not going there. No, I haven't been there either. <laughs> I'm scared to see what's on it. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, this... happened, but it's probably a huge profitable thing. Just in like random cool technology stuff, did you guys see the the ISS HD Earth viewing experiment? Oh, this is kind of cool on IFL Science. Um, says one of the latest missions from the ISS is a high definition Earth viewing experiment. Four cameras attached to the outside of the space station. Uh, they say though temperature control, the cameras are exposed to the radiation from the sun, which will allow astronauts to understand how radiation affects instruments. Uh, but you can also go and check out the cameras for yourself, which is wow, awesome. Wow, they got a live stream? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that cool? Holy I cow. thought, so if you paired this, right, this live stream with the ISS notification app on Android that will let yeah. you know based on your weather and your where you are when you can see it, you could technically see yourself from the live view as it goes overhead as you're watching it, right? That's awesome. This is sick. Isn't yeah. that crazy? It's, I thought that was pretty cool. IFL science for reals. So while Ant is fixated on that, I'm well, sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's I'm cool. Sorry. It's, oh, well. it's oh, way no, cool. These are beautiful. Larry, happy fiftieth anniversary of Basic. Of Basic, yeah, Basic is fifty. And, you know, more important, BASIC was just one component of the invention of the notion of computer literacy that, that college students, even if they're English majors, need to know about computers. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, that's it. It had its 50th anniversary. It was, it was invented as a it, – it was a real simple language. It wasn't meant to do real work. It right. was to illustrate kind of algorithmic thinking. And it was done at Dartmouth College with NSF funding. And uh, they built a time-sharing system to run it because, they, you know, those were the days when you could build your own time-sharing system. Uh, so it was basic time-sharing system, but it was all to the end of being able to offer a, a liberal arts computer literacy course. That's pretty cool. And that started at Dartmouth College in the early, in the mid-60s. Yeah. I've heard about BASIC over the years, but not one time was was I ever able to lay my eyes on it. Really? Get in action? Wow. Not one time. I mean, I probably should just get on YouTube and look, but it it definitely sounds basic. Well, no, uh, basic. basic now is a real language, like it's Visual not, Basic. Nothing like the the original Basic had. I don't want to. I think like fourteen different statements. Period. Um, right, it, it sounded very, very simple in syntax, you know. And it was never meant to do anything real. But if you look at something like Visual Basic from Microsoft now in, in Visual oh, Studio. No, 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 like no. That was different from that. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have any relationship to the original Basic. Right. But a lot of programs are written. And if you go to the my blog post on it, like there's a, they, they did a commemorative the video of sort of, uh, of the history of BASIC, and one of the frames in the commemorative video is a picture of these two high school kids, young kids, Paul Allen and Bill Gates, running around all the time. That's cool. We'll have to throw a link to that in the show notes. You can check out the video. Yeah. Uh, hey. Let's see. We got time for this. Larry, explain what this chart is. Oh, yeah. What this is like, uh, I've been all along for many, many years kind of a fan of <clears throat> seeing the global picture of the diffusion of the Internet since way back. And there are a lot of companies or organizations that put out reports now, one of which is Ericsson. And they put in on an annual report on this, the state of the mobile Internet. And this is just, it's a you know longer report. I just picked one figure out of it. And just put it in the show. It's notes. a nice hockey stick for sure, or and, hockey stick. And the thing that it's showing is uh, the dark orange things 
are by this is mobile traffic both directions. Uh, the dark orange is data, and the kind of yellow stuff is voice. And you can see the crossover uh, data past voice in 2009, and voice is pretty much state stable. Uh, but look at data traffic. That's mobile data traffic. What kind um, of curve is that? It wasn't the hockey stick. What is that? That's an well, exponential? That gradual? Well, it, it's starting to, it looks a little exponential, but it's starting to flatten out, so maybe it's not. But right. Yeah, I mean, it is an exponential. The hockey stick will really take off now. <clears throat> but, but it looks like it doesn't look really, truly exponential. Right. And it's growing like a mad dog. It's that's what it's the technical. Look how voice has stayed the same, right? Relatively stayed the same. And look at data is just, you know, so your cell phone is no longer a phone. It's a computer that you can also talk on the cell network, but, but you don't do that very well. <clears throat> so, but at any rate, that report, uh, ITU just came out with theirs, the International Telecom Union. Uh, Cisco does one, Akamai does one. There are a number of organizations now that do these either quarterly or annual surveys of the state of the Internet. That's uh, really interesting. The, IT, the ITU, and I put up a, uh, just one picture out of that, too. It focuses nation by nation because ITU is part of the UN. And uh, it, it, gives, it shines a really bright light on which nations are doing poorly, which nations are doing well. Uh, yeah, that's showing regions. Uh, and, you know, no big surprise, but uh, mobile broadband subscriptions in Africa are uh, much less common than they are developed nations. And that, that particular figure understates it because the guys in Africa are running around with flip phones and 3G phones. They're not, uh, hmm. they're not your HTC latest magic or whatever they call it. <laughs> M8, M8. The mate. mate. It's called the mate. The mate. Okay. There you go. Uh, but anyhow, if people are interested in kind of the big picture of the internet across the world, those kinds of reports are uh, they're fun to read. Yeah, that's really interesting. I like. There's. I mean, if you think about it, like it's, it's just data. Like it's so much data, you can analyze it in a billion different ways. It's cool to see things that like we can relate to come out of it. Like clearly, yeah. nobody's talking on the phone, or it's, the same ten people that were talking on the phone back in quarter three of '09 are still kind of talking on their phone quarter four of 2013. But we're all using data now. <laughs> that's that's really neat. Yeah, and those, those people—they're also uh, AOL subscribers. Right, right. They're, they're <laughs> using their minutes to dial up and then loop back the connection. You got to dial up cell phones because yeah, it's also it's a good segue from the one you did before. It, uh, these reports give you a global view, just like the ISS cameras. <laughs> there you go. The, the ISS cameras. That's a, a retroactive segue. I like that. I I think I think we're gonna just end it with that. It's not gonna get any better. So <laughs> very good. Uh, definitely. Questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, email the crew at yetanothertechshow.com. We'll all see that. Uh, you can join us throughout the week on the Google Plus community. We have uh, post all the links that we talk about here usually and more and kind of talk about them on there in text. So feel free to hang out. We got a Facebook page and a Twitter account if you want to keep up with when the shows go live and are posted. Uh, other than that, Larry's got his blog. Ant and me, you can find our stuff on anewdomain.net. Check out Point and Shoot tomorrow evening. What's the uh, contest this week, Ant? Uh, themed off of a television show or a movie. Capture a scene that pays tribute to a television show or a movie. Nice. And there's one on there. One of the best ones I've seen is someone capturing uh, The Walking Dead. It's really, really good. I saw, <laughs> yeah, okay. That makes sense now. I just like was groggily browsing when I got up this morning. I was like, oh, yeah, we are kind of like that. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, that makes more sense now knowing what the what the theme was. So mm-hmm. definitely check that out tomorrow night. Uh, Tuesdays is Attack of the Androids. And, of course, every Wednesday night we do Yats. So join us. 
Yeah, anothertexture.com. We're on Stitcher and iTunes. So, uh, yeah. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.